Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 19, 18, 19 of It's Cool with Jasmine Cool. Um, you know, thoughts were going through my brain, like, right before I hit record, and then they kind of disappeared, you know? Um, let's see. Last night, at, like, 11, I got the sudden urge to, um, edit the song Stray Italian Greyhound by Vienna Tang so that the only words are, what do I do? It's incredibly chaotic and kind of wonderful. Um, <laughs> I'll see if I can, like, put it, um, in here somewhere, like at the end or something, um, cause it's really funny. Uh, the song is 30 seconds long. Sounded like there was people like coming in, but there wasn't. Um, yeah. Um, I had another like counseling therapy appointment yesterday. It's really funny therapy. It's like, here, come into my office, cry for an hour, but only an hour, because once we get to exactly an hour, bye-bye. Out the door now. See you later. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's a bag under there. And my pillow! My pillow fell. Um. Uh. But... <laughs> The, the counselor kept, at, like, asked me, like, what I thought I wanted to get out of, like, counseling, what I thought would be beneficial, and I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I really don't. Um, yeah. You know, although I think I came up with an answer, and I think it's that I just need a place to talk about my emotions and stuff and stuff I don't tell other people like ever at like even here like stuff I don't talk about that like I never talk about anywhere ever um and to just cry because I don't ever cry ever either um so yeah I think that's kind of what I want. And a place kind of where almost like validation of the things I've been through and like my experiences with anxiety because one of the problems I had for the longest time was like thinking like I can't possibly have anxiety. I am able to do all these things that people with anxiety can't do or I haven't been through as much trauma as other people, so there's, like, why should I have anything to complain about? Or, like, my anxiety isn't as bad as other people, so I don't have a right to complain, or I don't have a right to feel anxious because my anxiety isn't as bad as other people's. Like, I don't need to consider medication because this isn't, like, affecting my life as much as other people as much as it, like, affects other people, as much as it affects my brother, as much as it affects my friends, like, 
that's a problem I've had. It took me so long to even like admit to myself that I have anxiety simply because it was always like, oh, I'm overreacting. Like, I'm just being ridiculous. Like, this isn't actually a thing. Like, oh, this isn't affecting my life that bad. Like, if this was affecting my life, I would be having all of these other problems. And so just kind of a place to complain almost and, like, to have those complaints, like, validated, I guess, and not, like, and to be told that it's okay to feel that way, I guess. Because, like, I can, like, tell that to other people, but it's hard to, like, reconcile that within myself, I guess. You know? Because, yeah. It didn't help that, like, for the longest time, because my mother is not, like, for the longest time, she wasn't, like, she was one of those people who kind of thought that anxiety wasn't really a thing, probably because, well, um, so I think she has, like, anxiety or something, because something she said to me one time was, everybody gets nervous. Like, that's, like, like, that's normal. I think maybe it is for her, but I don't think it's, like, normal for everybody. Um, and it was more than just, like, being nervous, I guess. Um, yeah. But, um... Yeah. Don't compare your experience with anxiety to, or your trauma to, like, other people's trauma and other people's experiences with anxiety, because I do that all the time, and it's not, it's not helpful, and it doesn't, like, benefit anybody, really. It just makes you feel, like, shit about yourself, so, yeah, and... If you're somebody with really severe anxiety and you're friends with somebody who has anxiety that doesn't present quite as severe, like, this is just something I've noticed with, like, a lot of people I know that have, like, like, even I find myself doing it sometimes. It's, like, it's always, like, a competition about whose anxiety is the worst, who's been through, like, the worst stuff, even though I think people don't even mean it like that. Um, it just happens sometimes where it feels like everything is a competition about who's had it the worst, as it, and then it's, like, trying to, like, invalidate other people's struggles because like, mine were worse, or stuff like that, um, I think it's something that's happened, like, it happens everywhere, it happens, like, online, it happens, like, in person, like, um, it happens here a lot, um, not necessarily, like, with anxiety, but, um, with schedules and being busy, and, like, having, like, a really tough schedule, it's, like, 
a thing here to like have the hardest schedule and to be like super busy so especially in the conservatory so like there's so many people like my friends we all have like one main day that's like a no-go day we like don't get lunch we're non-stop from eight like 8 30 to like 5 30 pretty much and that's pretty regular within the conservatory is to have one like um like no-go day that's like super super busy um and but there's one particular person that gets on my nerves every time they do this um it's like anyone complains about their non-stop day or like being busy and they immediately have to say like oh that's me every day like I'm so busy blah blah and like just go on and on about how much busier they are <coughs> excuse me um <laughs> but <coughs> trying to like invalidate everybody else's struggles because their schedule is so much harder and it's like I, like, okay, don't make it into a competition, like, you know, but yeah, and don't compare your traumas, um, recently my friends did something that was, like, mildly, it made me, like, kind of anxious, but it wasn't, like, too bad, it but it made me feel like I probably should have said something, but it was, because it was, like, there's, like, a, a Winnie the Pooh, like, character test that, like, tests what mental illnesses you might have or, like, that you have. It's, like, a little survey, and then it gives you, like, percentages of the different things. Um, and my friend group all did that because we're all very mentally ill, um, but it really played into my comparison of anxiety experiences because a lot of my friends had, like, super, super high anxiety scores and super high scores and, like, other things. And then mine was, like, like kind of significantly lower than most of them and everything. So then I, like, kind of invalidates my feelings about my anxiety and I know they did not mean it like that and like to them it was like fun and funny but like stuff like that for me is kind of like it's it's difficult for me to like because it's it's fun and fu like I want to see like it was fun and funny to see especially because this one has like a schizophrenia section that um is basically just anxiety or any of the obsessive parts of OCD are schizophrenia um and because I I got the lowest score in schizophrenia because I've taken the test like twice before so I knew which questions were like the schizophrenia questions <laughs> versus which ones well, some of them might have even been the anxiety questions, and who knows if, like, they, like, overlap some of the questions. Like, I don't know. Um, like, it was interesting to see, but it was also like that 
comparison or like a competition well it wasn't even really like a competition just that comparison of like the scores of like the I have more anxiety than you or whatever it was like weird and I didn't really know what to say because I like stuff like that doesn't like sit well with me but also it was fun and it was interesting to see and I'm very curious about that stuff but I don't know yeah let's see what else I had thought of something and I forgot it I need to start planning these, but you know, why would I do that? Um, I'm going to a wedding on Saturday, and the dress code is semi-formal slash dressy casual, which is not the same thing. Like, semi-formal, not dressy casual. Um, I will probably lean more towards the semi-formal route, just because it's more fun, and I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't really know what I'm going to wear yet. I'm thinking of this, like, black dress that I have, but it's February in the Midwest, so I definitely need something, like, I have to wear it with tights. The problem is the dress is black, and I don't have, like, sheer tights, and I probably wouldn't want to wear sheer tights anyways because they're, like, I don't know, less protective, but I have black tights white tights and red tights I don't think I'm gonna wear the red tights that's just not really my vibe I could maybe see it working if I had like a black shoe to go with it but even then I don't I don't think I would vibe with that the white tights are a maybe just if I didn't want every like if I wanted some contrast and didn't want it to be like all black I would probably wear the white tights with, like, a black shoe of some kind. Because I was thinking of, like, if I wanted to play it slightly more casual, I have these, like, rain boots that look pretty dressy. They look a little bit like dress boots. Um, if I wanted to play it more casual, I would go with that. And if I wore the white tights, I would probably use those. Or I also have, like, these black platform Mary Janes. The problem with those is they're technically too big for me. So I have to, like, layer socks and stuff. I have to wear, like, a lot of socks to make those work. And then they're still kind of a pain to walk in. Um, I don't really want to wear my black heels. And I don't think that would really work with the white tights either. Um, my other shoe option is these, like, I don't have them here with me. But they're, like, purple heels that would be really cool I think the purple heels would be cool if I wore the black tights with the black dress and have the purple heels I also have like red and black heels at my house which would be cool as well with the black tights probably not with the white tights because it would be kind of awkward my main options are 
Because my thing is like the black dress because it's like, I don't know. That's just kind of what I'm thinking right now. Um, so the black dress with black tights and purple shoes. Black dress, white tights, purple shoes. Black dress, white tights, black shoes, like black boots. Or I haven't really, I didn't really talk about this option. Oh, black dress, black tights, red and black shoes. Or black dress, black tights, and the black boots. And I would just, like, wear, like, a contrasting sock. Like, I have these piano socks that are white and black, so I would wear those, like, over the tights. Or just, like, a different, like, like a gray sock or something um, over the tights. So it wasn't, like, black, black, black. I'm a little hesitant with the black, black, black. Um, because I don't want it to look like a funeral. Like, I know it doesn't, and I know it's, like, okay to wear black to a wedding because it's just, like, dressy. Like, my room, I actually had my roommate look it up last night because I asked her, I was like, can you wear black to a wedding? Because I wanted to wear this black dress that I have. And she's like, I don't think so. I don't know. But then she looked it up, and she said, it's fine. You just don't wear white, which I knew. Um so yeah the red tights could be cool but I'm just like if I went black dress red tights black like boots that would be cool they wouldn't be cool with the red and black shoes because I don't think the reds are the same and even if they were I think it would be weird so if I wore the red tights I definitely have to go with the black boots but I don't think I'm gonna like the red tights like at all um yeah uh but I have to try stuff on I considered actually doing it and then like putting it like in the YouTube version of this episode but I have like way too much homework for that so <laughs> um that's gonna be a no because I have to do theory and I have to like write a paper well I have like word vomit of a paper but I have to like actually write it and make it coherent and not word vomit word vomit that is mostly evidence from the text and not any actual statements so I have to like I have to like delete and condense a lot of my word vomit and then actually say things you know because you can say nothing in a lot of words because right now I have like 1300 words of nothing <laughs> so yeah and I need to make it like 1300 words something so the paper is on angels in america millennium approaches which is a play by tony kushner written in like 1987 i think like it's about um the aids epidemic um in the 80s the play itself takes place in like 19 1985 um, it's very cool. There's a national theater recording of it where, um, Andrew Garfield plays one of the main characters. Uh, it's pretty great. There's actually a second part called Perestroika that 
I have the book for like it's in the book, but I haven't read it because it's like a sequel that came out like the next year or something. And my professor doesn't my like the class that I'm reading it for, my professor doesn't really like it. And Tony Kushner also says in the introduction that like it's a play that was never really settled with itself. Basically, he also thinks it's not great, not as good. Um, my roommate, though, had to read it. Like, she was required to. And just what she's told me about it sounds absolutely nuts. <laughs> and the first one is kind of nuts. Like, there's hallucinations, um, a shared dream between a Valium addict and um, a just a man with AIDS. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is, I have it marked well. This is like the first time ever I've like actually marked a book like this myself in a way that like makes sense to me. And I actually did it on like my third-ish read through um, for my paper, like, the tabs have significance to my paper, um, because my paper is about, like, one of the prompts was talking about the theme of, like, progress and journeys in, in here, um, and how that relates to, like, political, like, the typical images of, like, political like ideations like how liberal de like democratic liberals are seen as like progressive and for change and growth and stuff and republicans are like staying the same holding on to the past stuff like that and the the, the prompt was kind of like does this work kind of challenge that um and i think it does in some ways almost like on purpose one of the characters who is like fairly openly gay but not like super open he like has a boyfriend and whatever his boyfriend gets AIDS um and then he's an asshole he's an asshole the whole time but he's like liberal but his character stays the same like throughout the whole play there's no like growth really in his character he's just at the beginning, he's guilty and scared because his boyfriend gets AIDS and he wants to leave. So he's guilty and scared. Um, he eventually does leave his boyfriend um, like a dick. Um, and just like throughout the whole play, he's guilty and scared and guilty and scared and guilty and scared. And like is doing like he does stuff to like punish himself or ju just because he's guilty. Um, but he's just guilty and scared the whole time. And the other character, who is a Mormon Republican, also gay, but, like, his his character journey is, like, the biggest one out of all the characters in the play. He goes through the most, like, growth and change in the play, um, which is really interesting because he's, like, a Mormon Republican. So that's, like, very contradictory to... Um, his like stance in those areas um he has a wife um 
and he knows he's gay like the whole time but the audience doesn't know that at the beginning doesn't really know that he knows he's gay or know that he's gay in general um but then things start to happen and change in his life where um he kind of starts to like let those walls down and then he like the first time he actually admits it is in like act three or the end of act two no i can't remember it's like there's a very loud sound out there um i don't understand why those vehicles have to be so loud i don't get it um but um very interesting and one of the things that kind of like comes down throughout the play is he has this idealized and like on like unchallenged faith in the integrity of the Republican Party and ideals and like the Reaganite like views on like politics and of the world at the very beginning, that's what he has, um, because he works very closely with Roy Cohn, who's a real person, um, I think the, the Mormon character in here is, like, fictional, but Roy Cohn was a real person, um, who is also a character in this play, but, like, a fiction version, like, it talks about things that actually happened, but it's, like, fiction version, kind of, like, everything that happens in here is fiction, but it mentions, like, the Ethel Rosenberg trials. Ethel Rosenberg actually shows up. Her ghost actually shows up. Um, and just, like, it talks about him being gay and, like, having AIDS and stuff like that. Um, but he works very closely with him, and throughout the book, Roy like unintentionally almost starts like breaking down this idealized version that he has of the Republican Party because Roy asks him to move to Washington but he doesn't want to leave his wife behind and his wife is the Valium addict who's like who doesn't want to go and Roy's like just divorce your wife and like Joe doesn't understand that that's the Mormon um he doesn't understand that because it, like, doesn't match with his, like, Mormon-taught ideals about um, marriage and responsibility. Um, so he doesn't understand that. And then Roy asks him to, like, be crooked in Washington because he offers him a job to Washington and he says, I want you to be my guy and I want you to rig all of these trials so that they can't disbar me. And... Joe like that doesn't make any sense to Joe why he would ask him to do that and he's like baffled and like he feels like hurt that he would suggest that and then at the very end Roy tells him that he was responsible for getting Ethel Rosenberg executed even though he knew she was innocent and that's like kind of the final straw of Joe's kind of um faith in the Republican Party I guess because he's realizing that, like, this man that he had, like, idolized and revered is actually, like, a terrible person.
Um, and so that's like just one of the aspects that goes downhill throughout the thing and it's all kind of connected to his sexuality and his journey of kind of accepting that even though he doesn't really accept it because it contradicts with his Mormon beliefs and everything that he was taught and everything that he believed before and he thinks it's like wrong um but it's like a big deal when he actually he calls his mother and he says like I'm a homosexual mom and then his mom just says you you're old enough to know that your father didn't love you without being ridiculous about it you're being ridiculous we're gonna forget this conversation ever happened go home to your wife yeah um because he calls her drunk at like 2 a.m um Yeah, and then she says, drinking is a sin, it's a sin, and she starts yelling about, like, drinking, but we all know she's not actually talking about drinking. Um, and then, the very end of the play, he both, like, literally and figuratively abandons, like, all of his, like, prior beliefs, I guess. It's kind of, like, left up in the open. Play ends on a cliffhanger, but, um... Harper, his wife, walks out on him after an argument, and she's, like, wandering New York, high as fuck, whatever. His mo- He's supposed to pick up his mother from the airport. He just fully doesn't. Instead, he goes and hooks up with Lewis, the liberal guy who left his boyfriend who has AIDS. Um, they go hook up. So he quite literally abandons his mother and his wife. To New York. But then he figuratively abandons, like, his religious and familial and um, kind of, like, taught ideals that he had had. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of, like, that's what my paper is about. And I have to actually write it. And then I have to do theory. Because I can't, well... The theory assignment is due tomorrow. Um, so is the paper. Um, and I can't let myself get behind on anything because um, I won't be there Friday. So and then I have to read a chapter of a very short introduction to the periodic table. She's a cute little book. She's a cutie. Um, I mildly impulsively but also not really impulsively bought like a fancy copy of Pride and Prejudice off of Amazon because I have the copy I have is like technically like my mom's it's like my mom's copy that is like mine now but my sister wants to read it so she wanted me to bring it back home so then I was like fine so I bought myself a pretty copy that I'm gonna annotate it's like pink which is so fun, and I have these sticky notes, so I'm gonna actually do, like, the tab things, it's gonna be fun, um, I'm very excited, yeah, I have, I think it's kind of gonna match the pretty copy of the picture of Dorian Gray that I have, that I've never read, I have a very pretty copy of the picture of Dorian Gray that I just have not read, which is kind of sad, but, um, I think it's gonna match that, 
kind of. The picture of Dorian Gray is purple. Um, but yeah. I'm excited for that. But I, the problem is it's gonna be a distraction from all of the work I need to get done. Week five is a motherfucking pain in the ass. Um, I did so much homework on Sunday and it's st- and it still feels like I have so much more to do. <sighs> um yeah, I guess I can start wrapping it up. Um my favorite song this week is probably um Spes by Cantus, which is like the Frozen Choir, S-P-E-S. I feel like I might have already used that one, but I still like that song. And Comse uh, Comsa by um, Paramore. I'm so excited for that album. I pre-ordered a vinyl and a t-shirt, like, way back in, like... <laughs> September or something it was like around my birthday and I told myself that was my birthday present was like ordering the vinyl and that like t-shirt set because I'm so excited Ah. oh my god it's really it's literally in like 10 days ah okay well thank you if you made it this far um so yeah woo see you next time so what do I do with this so what do I